personally, I like playing the baby face more. Um, okay. I can play both. I can play both roles for sure. But like some people are just natural at like one thing. You know, like Randy Orton. Like I always thought that he wasn't good as a baby face. He was always like the perfect heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People had that face. Just had that the bottom. But and I think that's how I am as being a baby face. It's time for Wrestling for the Culture, where we take a look inside to see what the wrestlers of color have been doing this week. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this edition of Wrestling for the Culture. Coming up, I speak with Jonte Keith out of Detroit, Michigan. He comes on to discuss his career, how he got started, what it means for him to be a young black baby face. A lot of times, let's be real, we see a lot of the black wrestlers as heels in the business. Well, he discussed what it's like to be a baby face and also what it meant for him to team up with his brother. So, coming up, my interview with Jonte Keith. Here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Wrestling for the Culture, I am honored to be joined by the one and only John Tay Keith. John Tay, what's going on, brother? What's going on, baby boy? You all right? I'm good, man. How you feeling? Good, man. Just trying to stay safe out here. You feel me? Like, there's so much going on out here. You just got to stay in the house. Don't do nothing. Yeah, well, you know what? The best part is that we get some time to talk wrestling. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, the thing is, um, you know, uh, happy to have you on, get the chance to talk about your career and you explain how you got into the business and whatnot. So let's just, you know, let's talk about let the people know. When did you decide that you wanted to become a professional wrestler? Man, ironically, because my cousin, he right here, he next to me. So <laughs> I don't know, like, was it when Jeff Hardy jumped off the cage at Unforgiven 2000? That's when I was like, yeah, I want to do this. But I didn't, like, start, like, the right way, you know. I, I kind of started, like, the rest of the millennials. We in the backyard. <laughs> like, like, I'm a product of the 2000s and whatnot. I started in the yard, and eventually I got trained um, in 2011 and whatnot. And that's when this journey started for me. All because of Jeff Hardy jumping off of a cage, bro. <laughs> now, I got to ask you this question. I usually ask a lot of people, but especially you being another young black man as myself, did you get made fun of for your love of pro wrestling? I, bro, honestly, nah. <laughs> like, it was weird because I do hear, like, a lot of people saying, like, it was a lot of stuff I had to go through because they wanted to be a pro wrestler, whatever, whatever. But I never really went through none of that. You know, like, I told folks that I wanted to be a wrestler, and they was just like, oh, that's kind of sweet. You know, they was like, that's different. But I never got made fun of about it. Because I was always, like, a class clown and stuff like that in school, too. So I would be joking around. They probably didn't know if I was serious or not anyway. (laughs) Oh, so you was one of the cool kids, so it didn't matter anyway. I mean, you know, I was compared to, like, I didn't consider myself cool. I was just chilling, but, you know... (laughs) I, the stuff I liked and whatever I could have been, you know, with the nerds and whatnot. But you know, I was just cool with everybody. I guess everybody just fuck with me. We now, can cuss, right? I'm sorry. You, you good? Right. <laughs> you good? Uh, so now you um now what do people say now? Like people you went to school with now that they see you chasing after your dream? I think now it's, it's more like a. a Damn, he was serious. Like he really went out and <laughs> and 
wanted to do that WWE stuff. You feel me? So it's like now folks look at me and be like, that's incredible. Like you actually found what you wanted to do at a young age and you stuck to it, you know? So I was 11. Like I said, I was 11 when uh, I found out I wanted to be a wrestler. Now you've been wrestling about 10 years now, right? Is that correct? Yep. And mm-hmm. um, when did, uh, who trained you and who have been some of your mentors in the business? Oh man. Well, quick story. I found that I had like uncles in the business out in Michigan. They used to wrestle out in the nineties. Their name was the Cole Brothers, and they was like one of the um biggest well not biggest names, but they was well known, I should say, in the Michigan scene or whatever. And I was like, damn, I didn't know I had uncles in the business all this time. I could have got trained by them. So they found out that I was like still doing backyard wrestling and stuff like that. And they was like, bro, no. <laughs> like, if you're going to do it, you got to do this shit right. So they worked they worked with me for a little minute, and they suggested me to um, um, Briar Willington. He's also, like, a trainer out here in Michigan and whatnot. Really good, underrated. Shout out to Briar. But he worked with me for a minute, and um, he was actually my first pro match. Um, after that, I just started doing, like, little seminars and stuff like that. So I got trained by, like, Dave, Chris. He's part of the um, OVE squad down in Impact. Yeah, shout out to Dave, yeah. one of my good buddies. Yeah, Dave, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, he's the man. And um, I was also down at the dojo down in, uh, in L.A. They got this little dojo for New Japan down there that's going on. And I was part okay. of, it, like, the first, well, the second class. Now, how is it being in the dojo? Is it uh, similar to the stories that you hear how, like, the training regimen is over in Japan, like, real stiff and whatnot? Um, it's, it's a little snug, yeah. It's definitely a little snug for sure. But um, it teaches you, like, it's more like discipline. Like, I've been to, like, a few different seminars here in the, uh, in the around the States or whatever, but it's nothing like, learning that in like the dojo because they work on like your spirit they teach you more things not so wrestling related but more to like who you are as a person and that's what like got me out there i think that's why i stayed a lot of people like like a few people quit a few folks was throwing up like it was rough it was brutal but that's what they wanted they wanted to see if you like really love this business and stuff like that so i learned more about myself more than anything like damn the moves like how to put this shit on people. It was more so like uh, a wake up call. Now, I've heard Hulk Hogan say when he went over and Hiro Masuda and then broke his legs immediately. So it sounds like it's maybe not to that extreme, but it seems like they want to make sure that you're passionate about this. Yeah, for sure. And they, they, they really stress, stress like conditioning. You know, they really like you gotta be in shape you gotta be in shape you gotta be in shape like and then too they teach you like the stories well not the stories but like the art of it is like with the fans and stuff like that because the fans are so different than the than, like the u.s fans they respect it more it's, it's treated more so like an actual uh like basketball like the actual you know <laughs> yeah now right. when you were you over there you 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 said, like, you know, I've heard that's what they said. Like, a lot of times the fan, they they really appreciate it. It's a work of art. It's 
uh, yeah. competition to them. How has that helped you translate when you get back into just say like different indies, the more Americanized style when you are in there wrestling people who kind of maybe not be as disciplined? How does that help you kind of bring all that, like bring them back to earth? Well, for me, I just get to know the person now. You know, I just try to figure out who I'm working with, just figure out what type of mood they're in and stuff like that. Because everybody's story is different. So if we can just like create something, like we can come like to a common ground of any kind and whatnot, then we're pretty much good. Like they're pretty much humble anyway nowadays. Like that's one thing I can say about like my generation, my era that we really just we are pretty humble. Like, despite of what the older generation says about us, like, we are, like, mad humble. Like, we don't really have to worry about that, that type of stuff. Now, would you say, but about being in this generation, having all this access to information, and we think about, like, the WWE Network really at our fingertips, YouTube. Right. Um, how has that helped you as far as like character development? And are you somebody who watch a lot of documentaries? And if so, who are like the people that you're studying? I study so many people and it's not even like wrestling related, honestly, like, cause, but it does work because I do look at, uh, guys like Jason Snake Roberts, you know, guys that were good on the stick and whatnot. Um, so it's, it's important when you can go and access stuff like that and watch guys like Jake the Snake, Dusty Rose, The Rock, or whatever, whatever. But as far as, as me, I study, like, artists, like, musicians. Like, I look at crowd control type stuff, you know, like guys that was, like, Prince or Jim Morrison, like, actual performers and, like, try to get the crowd invested. Like, that's who I mostly study is different artists. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. You were talking about getting the crowd invested. Has there been a time when you've gotten the crowd too invested where you've had, like, if you say you're playing heel, somebody really want to <laughs> fight you, or if you're playing babyface, a woman really want to, like, take you home with her? I ain't trying to, like, brag or nothing, but, like, it's been a few girls that go home with me. <laughs> and whatnot, like, fans and stuff, but I ain't trying to, like... I'm in a relationship now, so I can't be talking like that. But you're going to get me in trouble, bro. <laughs> no, hey, look, no. I, I, I wasn't trying to get you in trouble, but you know, I know, like, uh, for instance, I take a young and a wrestler's character, Nick Newman, uh, played by, uh, well, Josh Morrow plays Nick Newman. And he said, like, no, you know, like, <laughs> the aunties love him. No. So, you know. <laughs> It's all good. But, yeah, I have, like, because personally, I like playing the baby face more. Um, okay. I can play both roles. I can play both roles for sure. But, like, some people are just natural at, like, one thing. You know, like Randy Orton, like, I always thought that he wasn't good as a baby face. He was always, like, the perfect heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People had that face, just had that about him. But, and I think that's how I am as being a baby face. I can get so much sympathy, bro. So much sympathy as a baby face because I can literally like have people like just beat my ass. And they're like, oh my God, like, please, like, please win, bro. I'm sick of you getting beat like this. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But as a heel, I'm just a naturally good person, though. So <laughs> I'm, I can I'm do glad it you. I... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I ain't touch, but I can do it because, you know, I know how to act and whatnot, but 
I'm just a naturally good person, dog. Like people would prefer me being a baby face than a heel, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be straight up because you know, one of the things I noticed about, you know, when I looked at like your clips and matches and stuff, is it's different. You always see I'm gonna be real and you don't have to if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to co sign. But a lot of times yeah. when black people play play the baby face, they come off as cornballs or corny. Um a lot of people felt that way about the new day at first. I, I ain't gonna say I did, but you know, a lot of people felt it was corny, but you found a way to kind of be a cool black baby face. And that's not too many of them in wrestling. Thank you, man. That's, that's what's up. Now, you know, if, what would you say, do you think being, having natural charisma growing up helped you do that? Well, I was pretty like different how I am now like I was like mad withdrawn when I was a little kid like I didn't write like really break out of my shell until I hit maybe middle school I was 12 <laughs> then I became like a class clown you know shit like that but I was more so withdrawn I was shy as hell you couldn't catch me at a show <laughs> like but now I just broke into being like a Leo so <laughs> I'm Are you a Leo too? Yeah, I'm definitely a Leo. <laughs> I'm August 7th. July 31st. Hey, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, I know you and your brother are both wrestling. What does it mean when you get to, like, team with your brother? Like, obviously, that's natural chemistry. But, like, can you just talk about, like, how much that means to you? Man, this dude has helped me out so much, bro. Like, like not even on, like, no wrestling shit, like, but... Cass is a solid dude, so to have him as like my tag partner, you know that shit was crazy. Cause fun fact, he trained me. He was my first trainer. I take that back. When I first started in the yard, he was the one that was like, "All right, man, come on, get in the ring." He watched me take my first bump. You know, he was in the ring when I caught my first concussion, like <laughs> just all types of shit. Wow, Cass so, is like that's my. That's my man, like, my underground. Like, I don't even, like, get, like, mad emotional, but, like, Cass is my boy. If I ever get put on, like, hardcore, like, say, WWE came at me tomorrow or AEW came at me tomorrow, like, I'm not going unless Cass go. For real, for real. <laughs> That's deep because you don't hear a lot of people say that. You know, it's like, right. wow, I get myself over. That's fine. And – even siblings, even brothers, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, cousins, they will, well, you know, I got to go. Now, there are cases where sometimes the sibling will say, no, go get yours secured, then come back and get me. But, right, um, right. You know, they hear you say that. That's deep. Um, and y'all yeah. won some tag titles, right? Yeah, we only, like, we've been teaming since 2000, I say, like, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 or 16. And, um, through that whole run, we only won the tag titles like maybe twice. Like promoters was on some bullshit. So <laughs> you know, here and there they'll give us the titles what they trusted us and stuff like that. But yeah, we only held it like twice. Yeah. Now when you can you talk about what it meant the first time when y'all won them? I've heard uh Kevin Nash said that Ric Flair told him that there are two things. Well, I'm going to preface this with saying you'll never hear me use the F word, even that word being fake when it comes to wrestling. I'm not a wrestler. I'll leave that up to you guys. I'm a journalist. I will never disrespect what y'all do in the ring. If y'all say it's fake, that's on you. 
I would never do right. that. Yeah. <laughs> but he said there's two things that's real. Your first championship win and your Hall of Fame win. Can mm. you talk about the first, what it meant the first time when you won a championship and talk about the first time you met it meant when you won a championship with your brother? Um, the first time I won a championship, it was the cruiserweight title. I was in um Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that was coming off like a big tragedy that just happened. Like one of the most traumatic things in my life had just happened. Like um my then girlfriend back in two thousand sixteen had just died. And I mm-hmm. I had a show like that weekend. Oh that sorry to hear that. And I couldn't like, you know, do nothing so I took that whole year off so when I had ended up winning like the cruiserweight title they dedicated that well I did they I uh, can't even talk I dedicated that <laughs> to her and whatnot so that's why it meant a lot to me that that night but um as far as me and Cass it was just a culmination of everything bro like we we've been through it all like I remember when he first picked me up I was like 15 I was headed nowhere you know I was just another, like young dumb teenagers like just out here running wild cast was like fuck fuck that bro like you got mad potential you know what i'm saying i want to see about i want to see you make it you know what i'm saying i've been through some shit dude you know what I'm so it's deeper than wrestling so when we won the tag titles i was just like that was like my thank you to him you know what i'm saying that he, he saved my life bro you feel me like he saved my life you know what i'm saying so it was that was it was deep on my end. He'll probably tell you something different. He'll probably just be like, that's my little brother. You know what I'm saying? That's about this little bro. I'm always looking out for little bro. Ah, uh, But, <laughs> you know, me, you're going to hear like, maybe you're going to hear a different story. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, when you look back, what's been the highlight of your career? Or maybe, I'll say this, um, you know, obviously you mentioned like title wins, but what's been like some of your best matches and your favorite people to work with? I'm gonna be honest, bro. Like this has been like these past few years have been my best year. I've been wrestling for ten years, and I can only like say I can count for like 2017, 2018, 2019, and what's going on now. Like I feel like I'm just now, you know, starting to understand how things work, and that's just because of different people I was working with. Cause you always got to work with different people that's better than you. That otherwise you're gonna stay the same. You know what I'm saying? So working with guys like Trey, you know, Trey McGill. Mm-hmm. And another fun fact, me and him started in the Indies together. You know what I'm saying? So I've known him since he was out here wrestling out here in Michigan in this little weak-ass company called TXWE, bro. TXWE, <laughs> <laughs> bro. And I remember he did like a suicide dive. And fucked his face up. <laughs> That's the first time I saw bro. And I was like, oh, he ain't coming back. <laughs> and he came, and he never came back. So, ended up reuniting up with him again um, in Toledo in 2015. And then we just started doing, like, our different things after that. So, I go way back with him. Like, so my match with him meant a lot to me. Um this other cat named Dre, Dre Jacobs, another underrated cat out of Michigan. Mad underrated, bro. Like, this dude, 
we were around the same age. We all been wrestling like around the same times and stuff like that. So Dre, um, MM3, I just wrestled him. Like, there's so many people, bro. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? I can't just sit down. But like I said, from 2017 on to now is when I just started like figuring it out. I was both lost prior. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even like looking at my matches <laughs> prior to 2017 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the best part is, you know, is improvement and getting better. Like you said, you know, it's you if you're not working with better people, then how can you get better? I know as, you know, as a producer and as a video editor, and I love working with people who've been doing this longer than I have. That way I can learn some tricks to the trade, you know? Uh, is that you're not, Exactly. You never stop learning, no matter what business you're in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No matter now, what it is. Now, you know, uh, I, I mentioned off the air, but uh, one of um, our good mutual friends, uh, Amber Rodriguez, shout out to Amber, had, uh, you know, kind of introduced me to you. Uh, she told me about your yeah. work. And one of the things she said is that you're outspoken. Um, you know, have no problem speaking your mind. Now, how does that work a lot of times as a baby face? We've heard the stories of uh Shawn Michaels being, you know, we find out later, like when he was on that mad baby face run in 96, you know, he was one of the mm-hmm. most outspoken people in the locker room. What is it mm-hmm. about you that prevents you from biting your tongue? My mom. <laughs> I think I get that from her. My mom's like mad feisty, you know. She always told me like, like just say how you feel, you know. She did tell me like, if you don't got nothing to say, then don't say nothing at all. But I didn't, I don't really take that advice too well <laughs> because I'm a prideful person, you know. And I just, you know, I'm not gonna lash out on you because I'm a piece of shit. Like I'm gonna just lash out if I think something's stupid, you know. If I don't agree with it, you know, I'm gonna tell you about it. It's just up to that. It's just up to them if they want to argue with me about it. Because I don't have to argue with anybody. You know what I'm saying? I can just say my piece if needed and then be gone. It's just people around me <laughs> that have an attitude, I guess. But um, as far as being like the baby face, though, like it, it's just natural. You know, I treat my, I just treat the fans, like I said, I just treat them all like regular people. Like, you know, I I guess I could be a tweener if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know yeah, I can imagine sometimes, like, if you, let's just say you got to speak your mind in the locker room and then you got to go out there and perform, you got to essentially, like, turn it off and turn it on. You know, you got to go from heel in, in some cases. Because sometimes you could be the baby face that's vocal when you're speaking for everybody. But when you're speaking for some, you know, you're going one-on-one with, say, the promoter, in a sense, you're acting as a heel because you had believe in something that they may not. Yeah. You got to hurry up and go out there and switch it on. Right. See, now you got to constantly play like five different people <laughs> after mm-hmm. every do it. So, yeah. Um, like I said, but I can get like mad sympathy. And even from a situation like that, see, that's the art of wrestling right there. It's, it's so like you can, you can add stuff to it. You know, I, a situation just like that, I can put that in my story. Like, if I'm a baby face and I just went through some shit like that, then, you know, it, it's going to, like, show in the way that I sell and whatnot. 
You know, it's just gonna all that's just gonna just get involved in the match. So mm-hmm. I can make a story out of that. Now, have you taken like acting classes to help you out? Last time I took acting classes was like 2012. Okay. And I was like, yeah, maybe I was yeah I was like 18, 18, and that's when I took acting classes with my ex girlfriend, and gotcha. I didn't like, I didn't like pass or nothing like that. I ended up quitting because you know. She didn't go anymore, and I'm in love, and I'm stupid, and I ain't want to go neither. So, <laughs> now would you uh, have you thought about like going back? No, nah. <laughs> I, I think that was just a phase, bro. Honestly, I think that was all just like kind of like a phase um, because I mean, in in some degree, I'm I kind of am acting still. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when I'm out doing shows, I gotta put on a different persona. It's just not like in that way. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, I like to do this rapid fire session. Um, you know, we all wrestling fans, so it's questions with some of these things. We may be on one side or the other, and somehow we may not be. Uh, we may be on the same side as the same. Somehow we may not be. So, um, so this should be a rapid fire, real, really quick. All right, your favorite wrestler of all time, Jeff Hardy. Okay, and favorite era of wrestling? Rufus Aggression. Okay, and you have an opportunity to perform at either shows. Which one and who's your opponent? WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom? WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Okay, all right. Well, I think I know where I'm going with one of the questions. I'll go right to it. Brett or Shawn? Is it safe to say Shawn? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Flair or Hogan? Damn. Now that I'm older, like shit, like questions like that, like I gotta think about because uh, I'm gonna go with Hogan. All right, <laughs> I'm, <popular>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, Rock or Austin? Rock. <laughs> Cena or Orton? Cena for sure. <laughs> yeah. So now let's talk about the ladies really quick. Trisha Lita. I got to go with bigger influence. I'm going to go with Leah. All right. AJ or Paige? Definitely Paige because, yeah, the women's revolution thing. So, for sure. She like the, she started that shit. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charlotte or Becky? Man, I'm going to go with Charlotte. I can okay. Becky, bro. I, I'm sick of Becky, man. I'm going with Charlotte. <laughs> you too, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been getting a lot of heat for it, but I, I've been honest. I've been like, look, I enjoyed it last year, but I think she held on that title a little too long. Yeah, yeah man. I'm good on, on Becky right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha or Bailey? You know what? I used to get these comparisons a lot for real for real because I was in like one of these wrestling groups and they mm-hmm. used to always have like some little Sasha Bailey whatever and I used to always see people saying like like uh Sasha but like nah I'm gonna go with Bailey <laughs> like I'm definitely oh. gonna go with Bailey. Okay. And then um let's see Rhonda or Shayna Rhonda a killer, and she a bigger draw. I'm going with Rhonda. 
<laughs> and last but not least, I gotta ask you for the culture: Naomi or Bianca Belair? Damn. Damn. Oh, that's that's messed up, bro. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> Bianca, they both down there the same person. Dog. <laughs> they both athletic as hell. I don't. I'm gonna go with Bianca. No, I love okay. you. I'm gonna go with Bianca. She's beating on something with her hair. <laughs> I know, right? I, I've said this. I, at one point, I was ready to say that when it was all said and done, Charlotte Flair was going to be the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Then Royal Rumble happened. And then all the stuff after, I said, wait a minute, let me, let me dial back on that because I think Bianca, you know, it's going to be one of them two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, before we get out of here, is there anything that – you know, if I know you better, that you, I would have asked you that you would want to discuss in this conversation. Mm. Um, no, not really. You know, um, everything with me, like I'm just really good off vibes, bro. I think that's how all of us are nowadays, especially with everything that's been going on. Like now, you just on the vibe out and just chill and just have a conversation. You know what I mean? So. Mm. I think everything was all gravy. I'd love to come back, honestly. And shout out to Amber for even, like, you know, hooking this up. There's yeah, a lot that, of stuff that I got a chance to talk about that I ain't really, you know, talk about. Like, the whole thing with Cass. Like, a lot of folks don't know our, our history. They just know that we tight, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on. It definitely won't be the last. Um you know, I'm I'm definitely wishing you well in your career. Feel free, you know, feel free to send me, tag me in clips. You know, I'll definitely share it with my networks. Uh, you know, whatever we can do to help, you know, help each other out. You know, I definitely want, you know, more eyeballs on you because, like I said, I've watched your matches. I love what I saw. So keep it up, man. Thank you, man. And that means a lot for sure. Like, because I work my ass off, bro, like. You know, Amber will tell you, because I've, I've talked to her about it a few times, but, like, that's why we kind of got, like, real cool, because I understand where she was coming from with a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I told her, and she already, well, she told me, and I just reciprocated back to her, <laughs> but she was like, I would have been somewhere, like, been, like, heavier in the game and whatnot. Like, she, I know for a fact that, that Amber could get into AEW or shit, NXT or wherever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and I've I've seen people out there. Um, I'm a shoot. I've seen people out there that's not near as good as she is, or even because I think she's better now. But I see people who, when they mm-hmm. got their opportunities, wasn't good where she was. You know what I mean? And it's like, right? They were better than them, but. You know, of course, hey, I'm biased. That's my little sister. So I don't care. I'm, <laughs> just look, I tell people all the time, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to let you know when I'm biased. It's when I'm trying to present <laughs> my bias as yeah, fact. That's when it's an family issue. Huh? I said family, look out for family. That's how I be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely got to get you in the DMV. Got to get these uh, promoters down here. Uh, promoters out there listening. John Tay Keith, make sure you bring them to the uh Maryland, DC, New York, all that. Bring them over to the East Coast. Bring them all over, man. Go, man. Let's go. East Coast. <laughs> yeah, so. But all right, bro. Make sure you be safe out there as we uh battle uh 
COVID-19. Real quick, are you um is this an opportunity where you allowing your body to rest or are you still out there kind of doing the little backyard warm-ups and stuff? I mean, at this point, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just getting everything together, making sure I get enough rest. You know, yeah. I'm just – if anything is getting stronger, it's my mind that's getting stronger, bro. That's the only thing. There you, know, you go. Hey, I look at it like, shoot, you know, um, uh, it's an opportunity for, like you said, to let your mind rest, get clear, get refocused, <laughs> regenerated. You know, I can't wait to the time when uh, all this is over and, and we get some independent wrestling going again because I know uh, everybody going to go out there and kill it. Yeah, absolutely. This is the the only thing that this did was give a lot of artists a lot of chances to think, you know. Mm-hmm. Go out there and think. And once we once everybody starts to think and use their head, they start getting more creative, start getting these ideas and whatnot, then you're gonna see something special out of everybody, you know. So Yeah. I can't wait till it's over too. And, and me included. I got I've been thinking of some shit too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> I know you have. But all right, man, you take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen, John Tay Keith. Oh, real quick. I, I almost did forgot. Let the people know where they can follow you. Oh, well, I got kicked off the Instagram because somebody, I don't know, but it's a personal Instagram right now that, that is using my name and it's not me. So report that shit if y'all if y'all can. But um y'all can really just find me on Facebook. You know, John Takey, that's my name. Um, I'm always posting something. Y'all going to see me talk about something. I'm going to make y'all laugh. I'm posting wrestling, whatever, whatever y'all want to see. You know, just just hit me up. Um, I would say Twitter, but I don't be on Twitter. Twitter is too damn ratchet, and I'm straight. So <laughs> just go ahead and just follow. Just find me on Facebook. Man. That's all y'all need to know. I'm going to make y'all laugh with some statuses, and y'all going to see my videos, and we're going to have a good time. That's about it. <laughs> I would say at least drop your matches on Twitter. You never know who can see it, who could go viral. You know what I mean? If you don't want to engage, just just drop the matches and you know say what you gotta say and leave. That's that's actually true. I take that back. The only time <laughs> I am on Twitter is when I drop like my videos or something like that. So y'all can follow me at Take Keith. Go watch that, share it, whatever y'all want to do with it. But that's the only time I'll be on Twitter. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's John T. Keith. This is an episode of Wrestling for the Culture. Make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling Realm at Wrestling Realm. Uh, make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to the show, like the fan page, and make sure you follow me at Brian H. Waters. Till the next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>